welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Weir. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. I'm having conversations and exploring the journeys of others as we help to build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. Welcome to episode 13, and today we are going to be starting just a little series. We are I'm going to be interviewing two folks who participated in the Dopey Challenge as a part of the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. I will describe the Dopey Challenge during this episode, but today in our first of two guests, we have Candace Broadus. Candace is a running friend of mine from when uh, I was in I lived in Richmond, and we have kept in touch over this time since I have moved down here to Suffolk. She has been part of some of our run challenges, the Great American 5000, the Great American European 2500. You'll hear that she's one of my ringers. She's always putting up some awesomely high mileage, doing some amazing things. And today we talk about these big audacious challenges that we have in our lives. And we explore what it takes to prepare for them, what it takes to take part in them, the mindset that comes into play as we go through these challenges. And we begin to really unpack that. And not even just from a dopey challenge, but from a life perspective too. So let's, let's dive into this conversation with Candace. All right, so we are joined today, as I said, with Candace Broadus. Uh, welcome in, Candace. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, we love to start off by getting to know our guests just a little bit uh, here on the Active Faith Podcast. So before we dive into our conversation, Candace, why don't you tell us who you are, where you are from, and how you are active? So I am Candace Broadus. I am a strength coach in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so I train high school and middle school athletes in the gym six days a week. Um, most of my athletes are soccer players, female soccer players. Um, so they think that when I run, I'm crazy. Um, my main source of physical activity is running, but because I'm in a gym, I do a lot of strength training as well. Um, I currently live in Ashland, um, so I'm right down the street from Randolph-Macon. I run through Randolph-Macon's campus all the time, and I grew up about 30 minutes from where I currently live. So I grew up on a farm in Caroline County. Let's go Yellow Jackets. Uh, Randolph-Macon yeah, is Oh, and I need, to, I need to quickly, quickly say in here, um, go Hokies and oh, boo the Hoos. Oh, gosh. I, how are we starting like a little... Hokey, I mean, e even in this podcast, there is a Hokey Wahoo rivalry going on. Gosh, how many? Welcome to Virginia. No, I, I mean, I grew up here. Um, you know, I have to say that uh, my parents went to West Virginia, so I grew up already not liking Virginia Tech. So it was very easy when I married into Virginia family to just say, "Yeah, let's go Hoos." Um, no, but but uh, Randolph Macon is my alma mater. So Candace is running through uh, the beautiful campus there in Ashland, Virginia. Um, and to to speak to the strength training for your soccer players, I too remember when I played soccer in high school, and running was punishment. And so, as oh yeah, they're always like, "You ran how far today?" <laughs> <laughs> 
anything more than a half a mile. And they're like, I don't know how you do that. I'm like, you play soccer for 90 minutes right? and you can't figure out how I ran for three miles. <laughs> I, they don't, it's, it doesn't equate for them yet. It, it does not. So we love to hear the how, you know, uh, Candace, she runs, she does, she does strength stuff in the gym, not just with her athletes, but on her own. Um, but Candace, why are you active? Um, the long and short of this is I'm active so I can eat whatever I want. I, um. I too, and I too enjoy that. Why sometimes when I can have two or three tacos. Um, but really I, when I left, when I left high school and college, I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I was playing sports all through high school and then I got to college and the gym was right there. It was easily accessible. And then I graduated college and it was like, hold on, I have to pay for a gym membership. And it's not, it doesn't just come in with my tuition and running seemed like the cheap. And Andrew can see that I use air quotes when I said that it seemed like the cheap option. Um, and so I started running and then, um, yeah, because I haven't always been a strength, I started strength coaches, uh, it was a little process to get to where I am now. I started out with a desk job and after I graduated college and so paying for a gym membership and trying to go after work seemed like a hassle and I could just get up in the morning and run from my house and then take a shower and get ready for work. But so that's how I started running only pay what $150 for a pair of shoes you know yeah I mean that's that was nothing yeah and (laughs) here I am 15 years later and I don't even want to know how much I've spent in races and shoes and Garmin and travel and every little thing well that is a great segue because the reason that Candace is on today is because Candace uh, completed what is known as the Dopey Challenge at the Walt Disney World uh, Marathon Weekend. The Dopey Challenge is four days. It is a, and Candace, just shout if I'm wrong, it is a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and marathon. Correct. Uh, all in four days. Uh, all in four all, days. All the races start at like five o'clock in the morning, like you're, you're, you don't it you are starting at five o'clock so you need to be at the starting line at like 4 30 um so I did so this has changed a little bit okay. um and not not exponentially I ran the Disney Marathon in 2020 so right before COVID mm-hmm. and you had a certain number of there were like six waves for the marathon and at five o'clock wave one started and then at like 508 wave two started and then at like 516 well in the i'm gonna say post-covid world because we're still in it i get i don't know where we are um (laughs) they start a new corral or a new little segment of people like every minute minute and a half now so i started about 515 every day but yeah you had to be there at 5 a.m yeah so i mean it is still and and that's not to dissuade anybody from ever whoever wants to do Disney. It's it's Disney always, puts on a great race. <laughs> um, but I will say that it is funny because uh, Candace and I, Candace helped to do some volunteer coaching for the team that I was in in Richmond, um, and we met there. And uh, I think we were when just I was talking, training for just Disney, just Disney, 
And uh, just the fall. Yeah, and I think we were chatting, and you talked about then this last year how much you dropped on the dopey challenge in terms of money we spend on running. We will not disclose that amount. I will allow our listeners to go to uh, sign up for the dopey challenge themselves to find out. Um, it is a great race. Great, great event. It is something that we crazy runners sometimes like to do. Um, but yeah, so uh, Candice signed up for the Dopey Challenge. Uh, I believe it was summer of last year that you said you signed yeah. up. So they normally open registration in April-ish, and they fill up very quickly for all the races. Um, and my cousins and I had been tracking because I had said, let's go do Disney. And I, I honestly said it figuring that they wouldn't do it um <laughs> thinking let's go do it and then my cousin texted me and said disney opened and i went oh okay and i called my dad and i was like should i do it and he was like no that's that's crazy and i was like but that's the that's the point and he's like if you want to do it do it and so i signed up in the middle of summer to go to florida and run in January. So I was going to ask what my first question was going to be, you know, what made you want to do the dopey challenge? You know, you talked about running the Walt Disney marathon in 2020. So the Walt Disney marathon is sort of the final leg of the dopey challenge. It's sort yes. of the penultimate race. Um, it, it is a highly sought after marathon, not necessarily for elites, but more so for people who it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's a fun race. You've got, uh, it's the Disney happiest place characters. on earth. There you go. I mean, um, and so what made you want to set the goal for the Dopey Challenge? Like, I know it sounds like it may have just been a joke with you and your cousins. Um, but well, there was... Dopey has been on my radar. Okay. Um, so a couple of years ago, I was like, I want to go run a big marathon that I don't have to qualify for. Chicago, New York, Boston, everywhere has a qualifying time. I'm not fast. I'm I'm fast in standards of marathons ish. Um, but I'm not qualifying time for these races fast. So I was like, I want to go run a big race that doesn't involve me having to qualify. Or and raising so I, thousands of dollars. Yeah. Or raising thousands of dollars. Um, so I did Disney in 2020. And when I got there, I saw all these people who had these shirts that were like, five or 3.1 6.2 13.1 point two, and I was like that's just crazy like who would ever do that and then as I'm running the marathon you can hear people talking about it as you're running with them or next to them or they're running by you and they're just like they're run walking the full and I was like hold on I could do that like I could run walk 26 miles start at 5 a.m like I got this and then just seeing all the swag they got, you get six shirts and six medals. And I will, like, I have a whole basket of medals. And these are very large medals. Um, so I decided then, when I turn 40, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do Dopey. Because I was 32 at the time. And then this year... I went and did it before I turned 40, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. 
And now we've already decided to go back in two years and do it again. Um, medals are a very uh, good motivator for, for runners. I often will decide what traces I want to do based off of which medals, how many medals. I think, Candice, you also did the Richmond Challenge, didn't you, where you got... I did the Richmond Challenge in preparation for Dopey. Okay. Um, so in COVID, during COVID, sports backers, and they decided to do a spring marathon. Spring marathon, spring half, and I think it's a 5K. Yeah. Um, and you just have to do them in the same weekend, and you get an extra medal. And I was like, if I'm serious about going to Florida and attempting this, and this was before I even signed up for Dopey. It's like, if I'm serious about this, then let me try this. Let me, let me try at home. If I can do this at home, if I can do three races at home, then I can go to Florida and do four. Um, and I did all three races. And so, yeah. So Candace has a background of taking on these crazy challenges, but I think it's a, I, I mean, I think it's a good discussion as uh, you know, we here on the active faith podcast are talking about building this self-care regimen because we see the ways in which goals can become a driving motivator for us to care for ourselves in a physically active manner. Um, and uh, of course, this is this this episode here with Candace is going to go with another episode that we have coming up with another person who did Dopey and talking about, you know, how we do these big audacious goals that we may have and whether it's running four races in four days that encompasses, you know, over uh, over 50 miles 48.6 48.6 miles okay uh so thank you for not the including mile. the walk across epcot to get to my car every uh, morning and yeah. then back so you know accomplishing these big challenges right and because there's so much that goes into it when we think about self-care and i think the biggest thing that we look at is the preparation right the training and there's so much that goes into it to say, okay, if we're going to care for ourselves, it's not just about the goals, but it's what we put into the goals that helps us to accomplish things. So I want to spend a little bit talking about that preparation. And so you talk about, you know, even this Richmond challenge where you did the 5K, the half, and the full marathon in Richmond, and that was before you even signed up for Dopey. So what are some other things, whether it's physically or mentally, that's going into the preparation for a challenge like dopey nutrition Nutri rest oh, yeah. <laughs> knowing when and how to fuel my body in race day because it's not just it's not just okay i'm gonna wake up on a saturday morning and i'm gonna go and run a half marathon well no i already i've already run a 10k the day before and a 5k the day before that and I was on a plane on Wednesday. I was on a plane on Wednesday. So eating around that, getting to Florida, getting all checked in, getting all set up to then Thursday morning, wake up and go run a 5k. Well, I can't just then veg out on whatever I want because I've done this activity. I still have to fuel my body for the next day and do that again on Friday and do that again on Saturday. And then finally Sunday after I run the full, then I can eat whatever I want and do whatever I want because then the only thing the next day is just getting up and getting on a plane and coming home. Um, but knowing, okay, I need to eat this much. I can't just eat Cheetos. I can't just eat a burger. I can't just eat. I have to know what 
my body needs to to eat on a normal basis before a run is what I have to do post run. Yeah. And um and I also did a little craziness while I was in Florida because I'm a strength coach. Um I had three soccer teams playing in Florida across the state. So I drove after my half marathon and watched six hours of soccer. Well, five hours of soccer because two played at the same time. Um, and so I had to know, like, I had to take food with me that morning to eat after the race as I'm going to watch soccer and standing around watching soccer, eating and drinking. Yeah. The gallons of water that I consumed in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, especially with the temperature. I think it was warm that weekend. Um, but Well, when I left here, there was snow on the ground. So Okay, fair enough. So you missed the first snowstorm while we were here. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I caught – I was in it, and then I left. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, and, and, I mean, we heard Candace joke at the top about, you know, running so that she can eat whatever she wants. I mean, there's still that nature in which we're mindful about the ways in which our nutrition – fuels us into runs and even out of runs. Um, oh, totally. And so if we're thinking about like a normal, uh, what we would probably consider a normal marathon training block, you know, you're not running pretty much, if you're running in the days before a marathon, you're not running very much. You're also probably not running very fast. And so like if you're going to run a marathon, you know, you go through this thing called a taper and I mean, probably, so the one marathon I did, but even the half marathons that I've done, you know, if I'm running on Saturday, if I'm racing on Saturday, I'm probably not running after Thursday. I have no miles. And so you not only have to get yourself in that nutritional space where you're like, all right, I need to be fueled, right? I need to have the right food so that I can eat. I need to make sure that I'm hydrating. But you also have to be kind of in that right mental state because you're doing 5K, so 3.1 miles, followed by 6.2 the next day, followed by 13.1, followed by 26.2. And so there's a there's not just a, a nutritional fatigue. There's not just a, a physical fatigue. But I've got to imagine there is a mental fatigue as well. And so how do you prepare for that mentality of like, you know, 3.1, 6.2, 13.1, 26. Like, how do you get through that uh, mentally, not just physically? So I can honestly say that when I did the Richmond challenge, it was harder than doing Disney. Um, having to get up and leave my house to go run a marathon um, was hard having to get up the next day because I didn't do the Richmond challenge in the order that I did Disney. I did it half full 5k. Um, having to get up the next morning and go run a 5k was awful. Disney is the buildup of 5k, 10k, half full. Um, and Disney puts on a great race. I mean, there's characters and music and I went into the full knowing I don't care about my time. I'm going to sing the songs along the way i'm gonna see the characters i'm gonna take pictures i'm gonna have a great time and so knowing that the whole time um that when i finished the that the marathon was just gonna be fun and at any point i can walk as long as the balloon ladies don't pass me i'm good i i'll get my medals at the end um so that was 
that was, that helped, that mm-hmm. helped keep me in the mental headspace of, all right, we can, I can get through this. Um, getting up for that race that morning, a little tough, just 5 a.m. wake-ups <laughs> for my flight to leave the 5k, the 10, well, 3 a.m. wake-ups for the flight, 5k, 10k, half full. Yeah, it was, it's like, I could really sleep in right now. This would be great. Just, you know, a little rest would be nice, but taking a nap after the race was, was much needed. And from someone who usually does wake up early, 3 a.m. still sounds like not a fun time. And so well, it when I wake yeah. up at 5 a.m. for work normally, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's fine. Like, okay, it's part of the routine, but having to get up two hours earlier than that for five consecutive days. Yeah. That so, Monday morning when I only had to wake up at 5 a.m. was magical. To then, to then, you know, wake up at three, to then have to be on your feet doing something active at 5 a.m. And, you know, yeah. eat, I, and, and, and eating, I eating breakfast at 3 a.m. Yeah. And I don't want to diminish the fact that you didn't like all out race. So like you didn't go into Dopey thinking I'm going to, you know, set a lifetime best in any of these races you know it seems like you went in with the mentality to have fun and i think that and i mean there's something to that that as we enter goals and as we go through goals you know we can we should make them fun we shouldn't make them seem like they're a burden and so whether you are someone who is you know going out there for the fun of it you weren't worried about personal best you weren't worried about lifetime best you wanted to go out and have fun or you were someone going into Dopey, like, I know I'm going to come in, I'm going to run all four races, uh, and and I'm going to set, you know, at least, you know, maybe maybe age group best. I, don't, I mean, whether you have those tangible goals or not, I think there's still that mentality that it's still a lot of miles. And I want to highlight the fact that the mental headspace that we put ourselves in, no matter what the end goal is, is going to help us hopefully potentially to reach the goals and so your goal was i want to complete the dopey challenge right yeah i just want to finish the 48 miles yeah and so you set out on that course and then you made yourselves markers as you went along and so um i think we kind of we kind of caught up a little bit on instagram after you finished the 5k of just because I how, went to the park and you thought yeah, I was crazy. I thought you because you went you ran up so you ran five k and I'm like okay cool like that it's it's three point one miles like it's it, in terms of the scale of the weekend and then she went and walked around the park all day and I'm like uh excuse me you still have like another forty forty something miles left to go this weekend and you're walking around the park. Now, there is this thing in running where definitely, like, shaking out the legs, like, help to release the lactic acid. Like, that's all a thing uh, that a lot of us know. But I was still just like, like, you got to be on your feet so much. Um, and so, you know. You- that was that day was the hardest, nutrition-wise. Because in the park, you don't, I mean. Yeah. I'd, I've never been to Disney. This is why we went. I went because I'd never been to Disney before other than running the last marathon through there. So I was like, I want to go to a park and actually like ride a ride. And yeah, so I had no idea what I was going to eat that day. It was, it was winging a prayer that day that I would find suitable food to eat. I assumed Disney would have something I could eat and they did. 
I would have been that person walking around Disney the next day with like the hobble step. <laughs> just hobbling around Disney. Can you order me a golf cart? <laughs> no, but but looking at the races themselves and and thinking about that process of setting those sort of minor goals and then even almost, you know, we'll come at this in a second, but adapting those goals as we're going through. You know, you talked about that day being one of the hardest days, not necessarily because of the running, but because of the uh, extra stuff. Because I think when we do yeah. these goal races, things like, you know, Walt Disney, where we're going there, and it's like, oh, I can go to Disney. Or, you know, I mean, you talked about Boston, New York, Chicago, you know, those world majors. You know, when we do these really cool travel races, we're not just doing it for the race, but we also maybe want to do a little bit of extra stuff as well. And so the the hard parts of the races themselves may be handling the entirety of the experience as well. And so as you reflect back on those four days, you know, what what may have been the hardest part of those four days? You know, you've talked about the sleep, you've talked about getting up early, you've talked about finding the nutrition throughout the day, the hydration throughout the day. Like like what was the what do you think was the hardest part for you? Not overdoing it. So like yeah, I did go to the park on the 5K day. So I did go to the park on Thursday. But I mean, I had the opportunity that I could have gone back the next day. I didn't. I stayed at the house. Like we rented a house. I stayed at the house. Um, I took work with me. I did a lot of stuff for work. Um, so we had a pool at our house. I hung out at the pool. I did some work stuff. I, but I didn't get up and like, normally I would like in the middle of the day, go for a short run or find a gym and go work out. It was, it's hard for me to not be in that oh, I haven't really done anything today. And not in the sense of like a 5K isn't a lot or a 10K isn't a lot, but I was done by 7 a.m. And then I've still got 12 hours to sit and like, okay. And I'm really, I'm not great at doing nothing. Um, So yeah, it was kind of like, and that's why I went and watched soccer of like, I'm like, it, I couldn't, I couldn't spend another day doing nothing. Yeah. So I, drove across the state and watched soccer games well and i mean i think that there is that sense when we're in the moment and i mean again like you're starting these races at five o'clock and you know even i mean if you even if you're running 10 minute miles that's still only 30 minutes on your feet for a 5k it's yeah, only I mean, about an hour on your feet for a 10k i mean and the day that we went to so thursday i ran the 5k started i started at like 5 15 was done by 5.45, came back to the house, which was a 20-minute drive, was able to eat, shower, get ready, and then still had time to sit and wait because the parks don't open until 9. Mm -hmm. Like, I had time. I mean, I literally got back to the house, and I was like, okay, so we're going to leave in an hour and a half, and all I need to do is shower and change my clothes. And even if I was, like, getting ready, ready, I'm not going to take an hour and a half to do all that and of course you're in that zone of of pacing yourself and so you're even looking at the 5k and you're not running what would be the quickest 5k in your life you're not looking at oh no and disney you're not gonna unless you're in the first corral and you're in the first you're in the first line of people you're just weaving in and out of people for 
two miles and in a 5k that's two-thirds of the race right yeah. there is just weaving in out of people and then that's most same thing for the 10k most of it for the half i mean you're it's so many people you're not going to set a pr unless you are in that first corral of people and so i think this conversation of sort of pacing through our goals really becomes a, a good metaphor for for our understanding of self-care because when it comes time you know your big goal in this was you know you wanted to finish it you wanted to have fun and so how do you accomplish this goal and you talk about the hardest part of this being okay well i need to pace myself because i want to i want to see this goal through and in pacing yourself and in seeing okay i need to do xyz in the 5k i need to do this in the 10k i need to do this in a half but then it also became the extra factors within the whole Disney experience, right? Okay, well, what am I doing on Thursday? All right, well, I'm going to the park. What am I doing on Friday? Well, I'm taking a, I'm going to take a rest day. I'm going to, you know, toss my legs up and watch some trashy TV. I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, what am I doing on Saturday? You know, okay, I'm going to watch uh, a bunch of my athletes play some soccer. And, you know, we're going to be in the car all day. So I got to have this, this, and this. And when we think about self-care, that's such an insightful thing because we can get so wrapped up in reaching our goals that we forget that understanding of pacing, right? You know, in, in run coaching and, I, and, and in strength coaching too, I'm sure you all have it. In, in run coaching, there's this thing of, you know, you can't increase too quickly. And I mean, Candace, you know, this is a runner. Like you can't increase too quickly. In running, we have the 10% rule, right? Try not to increase your weekly mileage by more than 10%. Otherwise, you might cause injury. And so pacing becomes such a vital and crucial thing. And not just in the lead up to race, but even in the race itself, right? Or even in something as big as this kind of challenge that you're doing. And so you talk about pacing. You talk about not getting too much in your head, not getting too far ahead. And so as you're doing that, you, I'm sure you have these counter thoughts that are like, oh, you, you can, you can still do this. You can still do that. Like, um, you know, what yeah, are like getting up the morning of the half thinking, you know, if I ran, if I could like fish my way to the, like somewhere near the front, I might be able to run uh 150 and it's like could i do it could i do it and then i'm getting there and i'm like hold on i still have to run a marathon tomorrow and then like i did get my way kind of up near the front and i'm like um like i know i want to go watch soccer but and it would be great to like get this time done like get done faster but how are my legs gonna feel like i still I still have this thing tomorrow. Yeah. And then even halfway through the half, I was still going, looking at my watch going, if I ran, if I could run, if I could cut about 10 seconds off per mile for the next seven or for the next five. And then, yeah, it's corralling yourself into sticking with, I don't mean on a normal race. I'd have been like, Oh, I feel good. I'm going to keep going. Like I'm going to yeah. push it. But then remembering that there's still two more races or another race. And so there's this sense in which we need to kind of calm ourselves down and keep us in that headspace. And yeah. 
I mean, is there any way to practice that? Like, is there any way to mentally prepare yourself in that way? You know, what are you doing on a regular basis that maybe helps in that respect? Um, I run with slower people. <laughs> that sounds really bad. And if they listen to this, they're going to, they're going to, um, not hate me, but they'll, they'll know that they know that they're slower than me, but I run with them for weekly long runs mm -hmm. and I stay at my conversation pace and I talk the entire time. They might not talk at all. I'll talk for the entire 10 miles so that I know for races like this, okay, it's not going to kill me to run at this pace, like mentally, like every other day I want to run fast and I'll run fast, but I need to be able to push myself to that, hold myself to that 10 minute pace or 11 minute pace for however long. And I, that's what I had to do for the full. Um, my cousin ran the full. And so we ran the first half together and then she dropped off and I kept going. And then I pushed myself for the last half of the full, just knowing I've got nothing from here. So I have found people who will hold me accountable to running at a certain pace. And, and I just think in running in general, learning how to run slow, learning how to take it slow when you need to take it yeah. slow is one of the most vital things. You know, I used to, uh, I mean, it was, it was almost something that, you know, I saw when, when we were doing race team together and you would be back with like our 940, 945 I also group. had no idea where I was. I knew I was in Chesterfield County. That's about all I had. I had Very no true. clue where I was going. I didn't yeah. know the roads. I'd stay with people who lived there because I was like, I'd get lost every just, weekend. And you blame Troy for every second of it. Yes, I did. <laughs> Every second of it. Every second of it. Um, no, but I mean, you, and, and then you'd see Candace in, in these long runs. I mean, not, and, and it's not a just thing, but going at these slower paces, really taking it slow, whether it was for, you know, being with someone who kind of knew their way around or just being mindful of pacing, being mindful of understanding what it takes uh, cause then, you know, you, you come into those races and you know, you're crushing, uh, one fifties, I think what's your half PR one forty. I, I think it's one forty four. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we have about the same. And so, I mean, to say that really helps to kind of hit home understanding that sometimes slower doesn't necessarily mean, you know, weaker. It yeah. doesn't mean I had a friend years ago or a couple of years ago, who told me that his triathlon coach told him to run slower to get faster. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, every time I'm running with a group of people who are slower than me and they'll be like, oh, you can go ahead, you can go ahead. And I'm like, I'm running slower to get faster. I need to be able to, it's, it's about the miles on my feet and getting them done and not getting hurt. And that's what, that was another key thing in this whole preparation was I'm putting a lot of miles on my feet. I'm putting a lot of stress on my body, hitting the pavement every morning or every afternoon um, to not get hurt somehow. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, that becomes such an important lesson for us 
as we think about a theology of self-care because life often is about pacing and life is about making sure that we have the energy to be where we need to be in order to do what we're what we feel called to do and so you know when we take this metaphor and we take it to dopey and you are thinking to yourself again you know and we've reiterated multiple times you're not looking for a time goal with these things you want to finish you want to get to the end and so it's all those training runs where you're like all right what do i need to do to feel good and so for you to feel good is that certain you know uh i often call it uh easy recovery pace often um you know sometimes it means putting a lower weight on the bars uh, just so that you can, um, you know, have that have that rest time, right? I can still, I can, you know, uh, I can still get that lift in. I can still get that upper body work, but I'm not, I'm not kind of doing the not stressing everything. Yeah, and, I called it my maintenance um, lifting yeah. through most of the fall because I went from so I ran, uh, I did my virtual Marine Corps the end of October, I coached for marathon training team. So Richmond marathon day, I was out on the course. I did 20 miles that day, just running back and forth. And then I rolled straight into dopey training. Um, so for most of the fall, I did what I call my maintenance lifting where I, I didn't put a bar on my back. I for squats I just used dumbbells I was using 15s or 20s I was doing nothing and so then when I came back from dopey and I was back in the gym um I'm getting I'm building back up to where I was still still lightweight and my clients are looking at me like what are you doing and I was like I haven't lifted an actual weight high higher than a 20 in six months and they're like but you made us do it and I'm like you weren't training for a marathon y'all are y'all are good remember so. you complained about running half a mile yeah <laughs> um I made y'all do I made y'all do speed work and this was part of your speed work um I didn't need speed work I just needed to be able to run for literal days well and and it and it kind of reiterates that fact that sometimes in life it becomes about maintenance it become and yeah. naming the ways in which we need to care for ourselves in that time um, because, you know, we can think of those marathon weeks, right? I mean, I'm sure people are sitting here listening and they're saying, oh, you know, I mean, especially our, 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 our clergy listeners are thinking, oh man, my dopey challenge is like Holy Week. Like we've got like four services and then we got all the services on Easter Sunday. And I mean, I'm sure everybody in life has their dopey challenge. It, oh, they yeah. have those weeks or I mean sometimes even months like they have those times where it just feels like one thing right after another and it continues to show that like the work that we put in in the preparation and that pacing that we offer ourselves in that work is what's going to help us to get through without feeling like you know we're burnt out or or we're just done and I mean, I'm not saying that when you got to the end of that marathon, you weren't spent because I'm sure that all you wanted to do was just, you know, kick your legs Eat up pizza and, and lay by the pool. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, and I would say that that's more of like, okay, no, I just finished a big, awesome challenge and now it's time for me to go back to focusing on self-care. Right. And not to say like the challenge 
it comes out of caring for, for yourself, but it's like, okay, I finished the challenge. Now what do I need to do to care for myself, right? I need yeah. to I need to rest, I need to recover. And I think we can all see that. And so we see the before, right? I need to learn how to, I need to learn how to care for myself so when I get in the midst of this challenge, I'm not leading myself to a point of burnout. And we're gonna get, to, and, and, and we'll have conversations of how we care for ourselves in the midst of challenges with, in the midst of that challenge with, with our next guest who's gonna talk about Dopey, but I think the conversation for today becomes that nature in which, you know, if we do not put that pacing, if we do not put that work in beforehand, you know, how are we handling ourselves in the midst of our challenge? And then once we get through the challenge, making sure that we are then caring for ourselves on the other side of it, um, because as Candace has said, you know, she wants to do dopey in the future. Um, I don't think she could have done dopey in the future if she had, you know, I don't know, torn a quad because she came back too quickly or it's not put that out in the universe. No. Okay. Sorry. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you see people all the time who they will do a challenge and then they'll come back and then like two or three weeks later, they'll be like, Oh, you know, I got pains here or, you know, yeah. I, I, I did something to my leg. You know, we runners are notorious well, for it bands. I, I took off an entire week after, um, which was very hard to do. I, I ran nothing. Um, I, I don't, I mentally now I'm like, how did I do that? Like, how did I get through that mentally? Um, Especially when you but, had me beating you in our Garmin challenge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I did really well the first month or first week of January. And then I took a week off because I needed to. And then I just got slaughtered in Garmin I was challenges. doing the math in my head. I'm like, he's in with these miles. Can I still stay in front of her? <laughs> um, but like my cousin ran and I'm going to say just the marathon because. That's the only one she did. Yeah. She ran the marathon. I ran all four. She went for a run maybe three days after we got back four days after we got back can't remember now and she sent me a message and she goes if you had any thought about going for a run don't do it my quads are on fire and I was like I think I can make it the next three days I think I can make it all the way to Monday I think I'm good um so yeah I mentally taking that time off to recover helped me now it was a little hard that next monday to get up and run considering the last time i had run was florida and it was 70 some degrees and it was currently snowing in virginia when i went on my first run um i yeah that was a little hard the mental of getting out of the house for that was hard but taking the time to let my body heal helped me to then be able to get back out and feel fine when I run now and not have my quads on fire yeah. that first week. So. And that just becomes such an important factor in, in our own self-care journeys because we, we need to learn that. That's, that's something that we need to learn when it comes to caring for ourselves whether we're doing it in a manner of physical activity or just in life so that we can then help to care for others. And again, whether no matter what our vocation is, no matter where we are in life, no matter where we are serving or what we are doing for, for vocation, for ministry, for work, 
Uh, it's about bringing that in. We have to learn how to care for ourselves because there's going to be those times when um, everything hits the fan. I'm still trying to decide whether I like to curse on this podcast or not. Um, when when just everything hits the fan and, you know, we just have a terrible week and we come in and like that's the challenge. And in carrying in ourselves in the beforehand, that's what's going to help to be able to, you know, help us know that we can get through the challenge, right? It's going to cause us to mentally say, okay, I need to pause for a second. What's it going to take for me to get through this challenge? And then once we get through that challenge, what do I need to do now to rest and recover on the back end, right? Um, I know very early on in the pandemic, um, a lot of pastors in the Virginia Conference of the United Methodist Church were calling for our bishop, like, we need a break, we need a break, we need a break, uh, and uh, finding ways in which we could, you know, we're in the midst of this challenge, and we've been in it for two or three months now, and, you know, I think a lot of us saw we're not coming out of this challenge anytime soon, but we still needed a way to break in the middle of it to care for ourselves. And I know that there, you know, I've heard stories, this is just my story from, from my professional field, but I've heard stories from medical professionals, from uh, the, from like grocery store workers, from, you know, people who were working day in and day out in the pandemic, doing all of these things of trying to find ways to care for themselves in the midst of these challenges. And even now that we're kind of on the downslope of trying to redefine society in how do I care for myself? so that when I'm in the mix of the next challenge, I'm in the right headspace. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's examples like these that help to reiterate the fact of, um, you know, even some of these crazy, you know, almost probably borderline psychotic runners challenges can teach us things. Um, whether it's about life, whether it's about anything, but you know, they teach us, we can learn stuff from, from people who run these crazy challenges. We can learn stuff from people who do hundred milers and, uh, we can be comfortable and confident in naming that we don't need to do them. I think I had a buddy who was saying, you know, when are you going to do dopey or when are you going to do Walt Disney world? And I'm like, mm, never, I don't know. It's a really fun race. It is. I just. If, maybe if I could do the five and ten and that, I just don't. I don't want to run a marathon. Like I, I don't know why. Troy you used to do the always five, give the me, ten, and the half. Yeah, Troy used to give me crap and say that I was going to run an, another. So marathon. Troy's good at. But, you know, he he's the one that heckled me into the half. So I can't be too mad at him. But uh, now that's like the only thing that I ever run. I don't know. You know, and 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 just the name that that this is not me trying to back out of a challenge or a goal i think it's you know we we kind of know where we are in life and who knows i mean i may one day but it's well, also as very, soon as as soon as i got expensive. back from disney was it that same weekend or the next weekend that kira damato set yes it was the next weekend it was the next weekend and i have not run in a i've been at disney i've run 48.6 miles in four days i've done nothing for a week she does this and it's taken a lot for me to get out of the comparison game of i could be that fast or i could do that no i'm never gonna run as fast as her like i don't have the time i don't have the desire honestly to run that fast um and i've got people sending me the news article and they're like you could be this fast um do you know my marathon time? No, I, I would need to cut off four minutes per, per mile, mile 
to get that fast. I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. Um, so, so, so it's here's other people do. throwing that challenge at me. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go run in Florida. I'm going to go run these crazy things where I do like three races in a weekend or do a triathlon or do something. I'm not trying to run a five minute mile. So here's what you tell them. You just miles. say, Hey, you know what? Kira and I have trained on the same roads. We have we same have trails, tra- same roads, same, same roads, same trails. I've trained on the same trails as Kira D'Amato. Um, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, again, like we've talked about the comparison game so many times. Well, I've here. started, I've started telling people <laughs> when they say things to me like that, I'm like, okay, well you come out and run with me and we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. And they quickly back off that very quickly. When you ask somebody to come run with you and try to run a five minute mile, they no longer want you to be that fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've talked about how deadly the comparison game is just in our, in our self care routine. Cause yeah. You know, and and to name that even though people like like Candace and I are are probably, you know, we're out here dropping what you are You called not, me a ringer, I believe, in one episode of this. I did call you a ringer. I called you a ringer because of how much you run, not because of how fast you run. But I will say I, when you hey, said it, I was like, I think he's talking about me. Um, and some other people, but yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Candace, again, you know that that was like that was like how Candace and I really got to know each other real well. Was Candace came on and a Andrew couple of our figured out that I was crazy. You know, I mean, I'll say uh, dopey. I figured out that I was dopey. You you have to be crazy to see crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I will completely name that. Um, but but yeah, I mean. We definitely name that we're out here doing crazy things that that we're running at paces that other people don't do. But I think it's also in us naming our own limitations that helps us yep. to grow into the runners that we are. And so, you know, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be running, you know, I may not run another marathon. And I still am hesitant because there is that part of me that still wants to not, maybe not necessarily run Boston, but qualify for Boston. Like I still have that goal. Of course, I don't think I'll be able to do it until I'm 60 when my- Oh, I've, I've, I've figured out that when I turn 60, I should be able to, if I can run the same pace that I just ran, when I'm 60, I can qualify for Boston. So that's my goal. If they don't change their requirements. If I can just train and always be in like 340 shape, then I can qualify when I'm 60. Um, and that's just going to be my goal. <laughs> um, but, but I think it, it reiterates and to name that there are like elites, there are professionals who are doing this as well. And this is, I think one of the gifts and graces of professional and elite runners, uh, and something that I've heard in a lot of different places is they name what their strengths are. And th- I mean, this is one of the things that um, I love about Kira is Kira's like, no, I know where my strengths are. I know where I am good and I'm going to continue to compete at where I'm good. Now, Kira also like tests and challenges herself in many different ways, but Kira's gonna name that, no, I'm like the longer I run, the faster I am. Um, however, that is not stopping her from going after a stupid quick 10K at USA's for to try and qualify for for world athletics this year, which I just find phenomenal. And that's just a name. Like that's how amazingly awesome a lot of these elites are, but they do it 
in naming this is yeah. what I'm good at. Like, this yeah. is what I'm good at. And then this is, they even name like, okay, and this is my weakness. And they name the weaknesses that they can grow upon and they name the weaknesses. It's just like, nope, I can't do that. Um, yeah. You know, they, set I was, their, they set their limit. I'm good at the, I'm, I'm good to hear. Yeah. And then after that or beyond that or i just listened to i just listened to a 1500 meter runner and they asked her when she was going to run the 5k start running the 5k because it's almost like as you get older and running it's that progression and for professional athletes it's like 15 and then 5 and then 10 and she was like well if i did anything i'd actually probably go down to the eight. Oh, it was kate grace kate grace who's been running the who's been running the eight and she's like no i don't want to run the 5k because that's you know it's not my but you know and again, just it reiterates the fact that we need to find out who we are. We need to be comfortable in ourselves. Uh, yes, I love this conversation we had about pacing uh, and about what it means to kind of make sure that we know where we are and what we're doing. Like, um, I know that I'm never going to be good at a 5K. Yeah. It takes me about two miles to get warmed up and can't do that in a 5K. <laughs> I tell my coach, ignore my first two kilometers. Like, just ignore it. Yeah. Don't look at it. Don't look at the pace. Um. Yeah. <laughs> if I do anything, any training run shorter than a four mile run, I just, I'm like, okay, I did it. Yeah. That's, I won't look at the time. I won't look at the pace. I did it. That's it. I feel like that now. Like it takes me, it takes me a couple of miles to get warmed up. Um, yeah. And, like on race day. Yeah. I'll go out and I'll do a warm up and I'll be, but for a 5k, I'm, I don't have the headspace for that. <laughs> Well, if you want to come and do a fun 5K, we've got a 5K in Hampton uh, um, in June. I don't know. We're going to be announcing it sometime. Actually, I don't know. I might put it in the announcements at the end of this podcast because it might be about that time when we announce it. So, um, But we've got a 5K coming up with our uh, Virginia Annual Conference with the United Methodist Church um, area that I'm a part of and I'm helping to plan it. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to have a virtual option too. So maybe we'll, we'll try and see what Candace can throw down in a 5k. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get beat. Um, can, <laughs> by, I'm going to get beat by like a 10 year old. I can almost. Oh say man. Okay. We did a family Turkey trot for I Thanksgiving. Yeah. My cousin killed me in the last turn, ran with me the entire way. And then he just left me mainly. He only stayed with me the entire way. Cause he didn't know where he was going. That's all right. Last turn, he just took off. Um, that's all right. Before uh, I did the Richmond Turkey Trot that they did out in Brine Park, because um, apparently I'm a masochist and hate myself. I've also done the one that they do at U of R, which I U think- of R is great. I love U of R. I I know the hills. So, but so I told. I used Chris, to live next to yeah. Brian Park, and so I couldn't. That's why. I, I ran told, there all the time. I told Chris Mason that I think I liked U of R better because it's just the one really terrible hill at U of R, whereas like it's every hill at Bryan Park. <laughs> every single hill. Every yeah. single hill. Um, and that was just awful. All right, well, let's let's wrap up our time here today with these end of podcast questions. So Candice, what is something you've done that makes you feel accomplished? <laughs> I think maybe we might know the answer to this. <laughs> Um, I don't think you do actually. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so I feel most accomplished when I see my clients accomplish their goals. Um, so it's very work driven for me. Um, when my clients get stronger, when my clients get better in their respective sport, um, when they hit a goal that they have set or that we have set for them, 
um, that's when I feel accomplished because running for me is for my mental health and for me to eat what I want. It's not really, I actually, it's not, probably, goal, it's not as goal driven as yeah. I was going to say, I actually probably like. should have guessed that because Candace is always sharing. I mean, it's great and it's great motivation. Candace is always sharing about her athletes and everything. It's great. Well, what is an upcoming goal that you have? Um, I honestly don't have one. <laughs> um, so I have a race coming up. Just a rest. Yeah, not not even that. Um, so it's it's a transition season for my athletes. Are where we've got high school tryouts coming up in about two weeks, and barring any catastrophe. Um, they should all make their high school teams. Um, so since they were all on them last year, um, so I shouldn't have to worry about that. So that's not really a goal, but I have a race coming up at the end of March. And then I've got a couple other things in the works running wise, but right now I'm, I'm training goalless. Sadly. Some, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes we need that. Some, uh, you know, sometimes that nice little break is, is good. Are you going to run Richmond in the fall? No. Okay. I'm not allowed. I'm a marathon training team coach. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, so if you're running Richmond race. in the fall, you will see Candace on the marathon course. Just yes. not running it for time. Yes, correct. I'll have on a coach's shirt and a backpack of food and snacks. Yeah. You'll be on the marathon course. So you won't be able to drag me like a mile or two and a half. <laughs> I end up on the half course, okay. but it's near the end. It's I'm over there on the backside on Brook road, oh, okay. but it's near the end. So yeah. it's most of the half people have gone by me at that point. Sadly. All right. Other than God, who do you go to when life gets tough? Um, uh, so I go to my dad. Um, my dad is the ultimate, I'm not, I'm going to listen to you. I'm not going to give you advice unless you want it. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. And so that's why he was the go-to when I said, should I do dopey? And he was like, that sounds dumb. <laughs> but if you want to do it. Um, yeah. So he's not going to give his opinion. He's not going to, so he's my go-to. And then if he is the ever failing, um, not answering the phone, or not available to, to talk for some reason. I go to my brother because he is exactly the same as my father. <laughs> so they are my go-tos. There you go. There you go. Family is always a great one. And so aside from physical activity, aside from running and strength training, what are some other ways in which you practice self-care? And I just want to say, uh, Candace prefaced this at the beginning of the interview saying that it was going to be a doozy. So I'm looking forward to this answer. So Candace, how do you practice self-care? Um, I, uh, eat Cheetos and binge watch TV. Yes. What do you watch on TV? Let's I'm hear currently, it. I'm currently rewatching, uh, NCIS. Okay. I have gotten to season seven and I started at the beginning of January. Oh man. And you're already in season seven. I started in my taper. Okay. Okay. So you had a lot of time on your hands. Okay. Yeah. And then in Florida, and I had then, nothing to do on Friday while I worked. Like I was doing some work and it was like, all right, let's just watch seven episodes of NCIS. And then uh, let's settle a debate. And I am also going to put a poll on Instagram and Facebook stories for this one because my wife and I have this debate. 
Puff Cheetos or Crunchy Cheetos? It really depends. Um, crunchy are my go-to. There you go. There you go. All right. We're friends if on the podcast. If it's the little balls, it's the puff. Okay. All right. The little, so, like the, the big tub of cheese balls. Yeah. But no, not I'm talking the, about like, the, 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 the yeah, puff. No. Okay. All no, right, friends. It's crunchy. We, we are going to have a poll for this on our Instagram and Facebook stories. So go and vote. Do you like puff Cheetos or crunchy Cheetos? <laughs> we are going to settle this debate here and now for the finality of eternity. Uh, so Candace, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great having Thanks a conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Just it's so much enjoyed that conversation with Candace as we were able to unpack how Dopey went for her, how she did, how she came into the race, how she decided to do the race, the importance of, of pacing, right? Not just in the race, but throughout the whole weekend. Uh, her talk of recovery after the race. I mean, there was so much in there as we think about building our own theology of self-care, as we look at doing our own challenges in life and what it looks like to do those challenges and maybe some insight that we can take into those challenges as we do this work ourselves. And so, you know, I'm sure you heard something here from Candace today that maybe helped to spark, maybe helped to light that fire under you for what goals you are hoping to accomplish in your active lifestyle, in your uh, self-care routine, in whatever you're doing. as Because that in itself is a huge challenge, right? We have to navigate this course called life. And it's not just like a 5K, 10K, half and full marathon, but I mean, we are going in day in, day out. And so recognizing both those natures of, of pacing, of recovery, of how we're doing all of these things, both in the midst of and coming out of these challenges can be such a great thing for us to name as we do this thing called life. And so what a great lesson uh, for us to learn, what a great conversation for us to have. You know, as always, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for joining in on this conversation. Please don't forget to check out those show notes. There's there's so much information down there in there for you. Uh, you can see how to get in touch with Candace and follow along with her journey as she continues to do uh, more of these uh, crazy runner things, like I like to call them. Uh, you can find my social media stuff down there in there as well and, and follow me as I try and achieve my goals too. Uh, you see our active faith community. Uh, join that community. That is a, a Facebook group that we have where we just support and encourage one another. And don't forget to find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I would be forever grateful. You know, you can, there's not a whole lot of ways to support this podcast right now. I'm not, uh, there, there's no money that comes into this, but but I love your support in the way of uh, following and subscribing this podcast. Just make sure that it's in your feed there for you to listen to. Uh, I would love it if you would give a rating and review. Again, these are free things that you're doing to help me out as I continue to build this platform. Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, there is an ability to, to rate the podcast on Facebook. And so if you would just jump on one of those places and help out, rate and review this podcast. And, you know, lastly, greatest, I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, uh, 
a, a simple share. Just when, when you see the post come across Facebook or Instagram, just hit that share button and let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Invite them to listen. Help us uh, to grow that network of folks that we are reaching out to. Um, I would be forever grateful if you would help me out in that way as I seek to uh, share these stories, help others, and, and again, just like I say in the tagline, help others to build a theology of self-care. And so now may God bless us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.